anything that you have to portray a story or an experience with the product. Um, having a hot chocolate on its own is not enough, or having a great piece of chocolate is not enough. You might remember that, but you're going to more remember the conversation you had with your friend, um, the environment, the service that you received. We, we remember experiences. So I think that's something that we've, we've really concentrated in trying to create, is when you walk through the store, you have an experience. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that investigates how to unlock your brand story to supercharge your business. I'm Amelia Veal, small business owner and storytelling superhero. Here at Narrative Marketing, we absolutely believe in the power of telling stories, not only to learn and connect, but also to build business relationships and drive sales. I love chocolate. I especially love high quality, deliciously creamy chocolate served with a smile. This is what my guest this week, Marcus Booth Remmers, delivers at Red Cacao. From a simple love of chocolate, a passion for the technicality and complexity of being a chocolate-focused pastry chef, to starting his business, Marcus has built Red Cacao into a destination chocolate shop and cafe in the Adelaide Hills. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Marcus talks about how important it is to tell a consistent brand story, how every element of your business from staff retention to your own personal branding feeds into that and reveals some real nuggets of wisdom around starting a business from scratch. This is Marcus's version of Be The Drop. Okay. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for joining me for the next episode of Be The Drop. Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure to be here amongst all the chocolate. Um, and we're at Red Cacao, but before we get into too much about where we are and what you do, I'd love for you to introduce your item of significance and that's something that connects you with your community. Yep, correct. Um, so yeah, I brought along a spatula, which is a cranked handle spatula. So I use one of these daily. Uh, all the time and it's one of those items that for myself as a chef and pastry chef chocolatier I can't go without so it has a bit of a story behind the fact that this is my first one I've always had this with me mm. since a, a young age and um, I do remember one of my uh, teachers or in like someone I was inspired by uh, when he was teaching his skill with a spatula was just incredible and that had me as a young chef just in awe but that dedication and that sort of um, inspiring to get it right um, is definitely something that I hold dear to myself yeah. and I think that reflects throughout all of the products as well here. Yeah. So for you, what was that that mm. thing that drew you to chocolate and you know being a pastry chef, like yeah. where, what, what's that come from? Um, the fascination with chocolate, besides its taste, uh, <laughs> is it's so technical and it's so precise um, to work with that actually attracted me to actually you know, pursuing a career within it and opening the business in it as well. Um, it's not something that anyone can just pick up and do. Um, you've really got to be patient, caring um, and nurturing to the product as well and that's something I really enjoy about pastry and chocolate making in particular. Yeah. yeah. So how long have you had the business? Yep. Um, here this uh, shop is now four years yep. old. Uh, we did start prior to that roughly about some six months worth of um, markets as well. So Adelaide Hills farmers markets and little markets here and there, sort of just getting the feelers out, seeing uh, what was possible. 
and what the reception was to our products. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just said it was going well. Looked for a location and four years, here we are. Yeah, and obviously they're, they're doing it well. You know, you've gone mm. overseas and you've spent time, you've invested a lot of yeah. time and energy. So it wasn't yeah. just, it hasn't just been the four years in business. No. It's been, you yeah. know, the years of training before Correct. that. So, yeah. you know, is there some, like, you talked about the, the com, you know, the complication and then mm. the sophistication around chocolate. Yeah. You know, what is it that really drives you to keep, you know, keep going in business? Because mm. business is hard and yeah. starting a new business is very yeah. challenging. Yeah. So, you know, what keeps you going in that? I haven't done any business courses. I've got no management sets, skill sets or anything like that. I've purely been in kitchens. Um, so it was a massive learning curve for me, like huge just, and that's where it started. I, I chose this spot, a small little location. I thought, you know, I'll just sell one or two truffles a day and I'll be out the back making chocolates and that'll be good fun. Uh, <laughs> very quickly it turned into being popular, which was great, but it suddenly meant that, you know, there was staff to employ, there was payroll, there was, you know, looking after marketing, new products, all of these other things started coming into play. So it's been a huge learning curve. It's been four years where I felt like I'm running behind the eight ball the whole time, trying to get those skills, trying to catch up. So um, in all of that, I still think that the product, if it sings true and holds true, it'll still shine through no matter else what happens as well. And that sort of reflects now in the business as well. So. Yeah, so for you, that central passion yeah. and focus has always been about the chocolate. The product, yeah, the chocolate. and. Um, if we can do that well, everything else will follow. Yeah. Something else interesting you said there was, it's really important to be mm. connected and passionate and, and in tune with the community. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about your community, mm. you know, yeah. and, and how you connect with them? Yeah, definitely. I think like having um, the coffee and the cafe side of what we do here really involves the community in us as well. So. The original concept was to just have a chocolate shop, so just sell chocolates, no coffee. And it's been a great move to include the cafe side of it because it brings people in and we become a meeting spot, we become a hub. The community is everything in essentially. Like we, people of course when we opened in Stirling said, well Handoff, 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 why are you not in Handoff? Handoff's great, but it's, it's a tourist trade and that's always transient. We wanted to be there for the local community and that's the decision as well to go to Stirling. You can have somebody in here every day having a coffee rather than one person on the weekend. The community for us is, is important. Um, we interact with it in whatever way we can. So we'll host events, we'll include you know, artists or local groups or support mm. sports groups. So whatever's on the area, um, we want to get behind it as well. And, and you mentioned that, that experience and bringing mm. people here to yeah. have you know, a, a hub and a social connection. Yeah. You know, what do you think that adds to your business as well yeah. as, you know, obviously that's an experience for your customers. Yeah. How does that work into your business? Anything that you have to portray a story or an experience with the product. Um, having a hot chocolate on its own is not enough or having a great piece of chocolate is not enough. You might remember that, but you're going to more remember the conversation you had with your friend, um, the environment, the service that you received. They all underline or underlay with the product. So you, you can't... We're, we, we remember experiences. So mm. I think that's something that we've, we've really concentrated in trying to create is when you walk through the store, you have an experience. Yeah, so. and your staff are always incredibly attentive. 
and you know, I know, and you're greeted with, you know, you get a sample of yeah. something and, and things like that. You know, have you spent a lot of time working on that? Because I mean, you said yourself yeah. you hadn't got business experience. Yeah. So yeah. how do you know to train staff? I don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're yeah. doing a good yeah. job. Yeah, no, it's a, it's one of those things. I think if your life depends on it, you do it. <laughs> so you learn quick. But uh, yeah, it was passion. Like, I've had fine dining experience. That's where I cooked in as a pastry chef in, in fine dining restaurants. So the service was always, you know, three star, five star, whichever star system you go by. That year had to be spot on. I've never been to serve a customer before opening here. So that was a huge shock as well. I'm, I'm, I'm in the kitchens, I make chocolate. And opening up the doors here meant that I had to go out to a customer and talk to them about the menu or um, serve them. I think that it stemmed then though that they were talking to the chocolatier. That if they had a question, I could answer it. Uh, it was a huge um, benefit, I think. Uh, and as it grew, it just meant that our hours just blew out. So I'd make the chocolate through the night and then <laughs> open up in the morning and then work the whole day through serving all the customers. Now, at the end of the day, start making the chocolate again. So yeah, it was some very hard, long days in that sort of you know, two years ago period there. Yeah. But you, you do those things. And if you're passionate about what you're doing and... For me, seeing the customer the next day and them smiling and enjoying the product was, was huge. And I think that's something as a chef or in the back of house, you sometimes miss. You miss mm. to see what the reaction is to a customer. You put all this time and effort into making a product. Yeah. But to receive that feedback directly from a customer is, is really rewarding. So yeah. I found that really great. Then, you know, if you've brought all these people in and they're, and yeah. they're having those experiences. Yeah. And so th there is that mix because obviously you're yeah. a chocolatier, yeah. but you've created a cafe as yeah. well. So, you know, how do you motivate and inspire them to mm. move beyond just coffee and ensure that the chocolate is part of that conversation and part of that experience as yeah. well? It's always about chocolate. So the menu is, is around chocolate. We've got hot chocolates. We've got chocolate and coffee matching. This is something that was a brainchild uh, way back then. Um, it's since popped up at other locations, but we did it because I didn't want anyone to come in here and not have chocolate. Mm. So they have to experience chocolate as they come through here. It's why you get a little bit of chocolate to start with. It's why you get some chocolate on the side of your hot chocolate or whatever you're going to um, enjoy here will include chocolate. Mm. Um, and that's been sort of the basis of, of what we've come from. And the menu's still only sweets. There's no you know, savoury options on there at all. We now carry a couple, but it's not written on the menu. So that's about being flexible in business you do have to listen to your customers and if they're here at lunchtime and they would like something savory we now offer it and do you think you know as a small business that's you know one of the benefits because you actually get to yeah. expose yourself to the yeah. different aspects of a business and you can really yeah. Yeah. craft and shape that yeah definitely i think um one of the strengths of us is that we did start so small and started with nothing so it was off my own back um there's no no investments there's no extra help financially so I started doing everything, which means that I have a really good understanding of what's going on. So I know right now what the kitchen hand's doing as, and how long it should take and yeah. how I want it to be um, completed. And I know that of every single section. So that means that um, expectations or what you can see from staff is really clear because we've done it and we've been there. And we also respect and understand them. I think the worst is if you've got a manager or an owner that doesn't know how it is to mop the floor. Yeah, delegation was, it was a big thing to learn as well. <laughs> like it's one of those things I, I mopped the floor here for you know two and a half years. I wouldn't let that go because I knew I could do it the best. I could do it the, you know, better than everyone else. <laughs> and you, you try and teach someone and you see them struggling and you're like, well, 
it's just I'll do it because it's quicker, it's faster, it's better. Um, you know, to then try and hand that over and then spend the time to teach somebody to to do it. Um, once I learned that, I started doing it everywhere, and so suddenly I became more and more free from different sections, yeah. and um, built up to being able to sort of look oversee, and that meant the business could grow. Yeah. Um, whereas otherwise, you are always just going around in circles. Yeah. And you know, I was going crazy. We were working you know, twenty hours a day, sort yeah. of thing, and it, it, you can't. That would then kill the business eventually. Yeah. We would have to just say that's it, I'm out, sort of thing, or we start to spread that knowledge. Now we've talked a bit about you know mm. being part of the community and growing and, yeah. and, and sharing those stories. Yeah. How do you go about that? What is your mm. communication methods and you know yeah. what really works as far as you know mm. growing the business messages? Yeah, uh, word of mouth is still number one. It's key. Yeah, it's having consistent staff allows a yeah, customer to come through, they might speak to that person, then when they come back the same person is there so the story can continue. So that same conversation that was had can, can grow and then that'll be communicated to more people and that's I think where we as a hub of, of the community um, come into it. What we've tried to develop now since you know, I'm not on the floor every day is that the staff have got somewhere to go with that information so that they don't just receive it from a customer and then not pass it on, that we'll document it so then they can write it down so if the customer's got a suggestion or if there's an idea or something that can actually get, can, that whole process can continue as well. Yeah. Um, and being quick to respond I think as well like you need to be able to not just let things go for if someone's talking about something it, it's because it's important to them and you need to respect that as well in yep. the end there are customers and without our customers we don't have a business mm. so they are always right yeah <laughs> so it's that real quick mm. communication yeah. backflow like social media was again something that uh, I sort of took that on as my thing and uh, built it again from nothing I don't have a lot of knowledge around it and it was just you know then going to some sessions and groups and learning about you know, when should you post, how should you post, um, what should you post, and just in incorporating that into it and just seeing what works and what doesn't and, and letting it grow. I think it, as a young business, it was, e it was easier in a lot of senses because you couldn't, there wasn't any pressure. You were brand new, no one really knew you, you were still growing. Whereas the renovations we've done now, there's a whole lot more pressure on and what we post now, there's a whole lot more um, pressure to get it right because mm. we're now established and people actually know us, actually recognise us, people actually travel to us from interstate. It's like, well now you've got to be more aware of what we're doing as well. Yeah. So, but in saying that, I think there should always be a bit of a fun, funky, yeah. quirky element. That's how you make it human, you know, yep. that's that because yep. the digital can be that sort of Yep. the barrier yep. but it's about how you you know bridge that and make yep. it human and have that connection yep. because certainly when you come into the store mm. there's definitely that customer service level there and the yep. interaction so I suppose yep. it's how you replicate that then on social correct and that's a really good point that you touched on so um, an online shop we've been working on this for a long time but we don't want to start it until we can be sure that we can deliver the same sort of experience or mm. an online experience as you would as you come in here yeah. Same with the Facebook, it's, um, you know, it's, it's an instant turnaround, so if someone asks a question, we're going to respond straight away, because so, that's what we do in-house. So the experience should be the same across all platforms, mm. um, it's the social media or websites or, or however they're interacting with us, um, yeah. we want to make sure that stands there. So until we know we can do something right, we won't start. No. So I think that just keeps the, the bar high. All right, well thank you so much yeah. Marcus. Yeah. 
But to conclude, I was mm. wondering if you could please share with me yeah. your be the drop tip. So that's your mm. top communication tip. You know, we've, we've been invited to different local uh, groups in the past and they've actually been huge success within the week following. You'll see all of those people coming through the shop because they are meeting you and people are still, you know, you buy from a person, you don't buy from the, sh the shop front, you don't buy from the cake fridge, you buy because you know it's Marcus. And so I ha have to be out there and that's, I think, again, you're the face of it. And so any events, any um, extra things that happen within it, it'll be myself that goes and represents that. So and it's not just enough just to send a bag of chocolates and say, good luck, ruffle that off. It's about actually then going and representing in that event and being there and, and showing your support for what they do as well. So, mm. so really showing up and being yeah. proactive in yeah. the community. In the community, yeah. yeah. That's something which, you know, now we're sort of settling it out a bit. I've got time to do it. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're not working you... 20 hours. <laughs> exactly. It's hard so, to fit that in in four. You've got to sleep yeah. sometime. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's, I, I think, for me, still probably the, the, the best way of going about it. Yeah. Mm. Great. Yeah. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. It is our mission to help unlock the power of story through this podcast and the range of products and services that we offer. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To get in touch with any specific comments, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. Until next time.